the Charge Podcast, episode number seven, the podcast that looks at tech under the hood. I'm your host, Owen Williams, and joining me is your co-host, John Edgar. How are you today, John? Hey, Owen. I'm doing awesome today. Hey. It's... You didn't troll me this week. No. I thought last week's <laughs> troll good. was pretty good, though. I actually, when I was it listening was to the good. podcast, I was like, oh, man, that was a decent troll. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even edit it out. That's how good of a troll it was. How are you? I never asked you how you are. Oh, I'm really good. It's been a very long week. I can't wait to finish this and drink a very large glass of wine. Uh, But, you know, it's cool to hang out. This was your first week at your new gig, right? Well, like my first full week. And it was just very busy doing all the things. And then, Of uh, of course, I had to deal with landlords and accountants all in one week. So it's really fun. I'm glad it's Friday. So, shall we jump right into and, it? Yeah, do you want to get... Yeah, let's All get right, going. Let's party. Uh, so, the first thing we're going to talk about this week, I guess, is like crazy huge. Um, it might have been hard to avoid if you went on tech sites. Maybe not if you didn't. But the European Union officially bought charges against Google for antitrust uh, with Android, the their mobile operating system, which holds apparently more than 90% market share in Europe, which I had no idea. And uh, Google, wow. did, yeah, so it was pretty intense, man. Like they announced all of a sudden then, so let me go back, let me go back. The last time we had an antitrust case of this size was what, the Microsoft one in 1996 uh, where the yeah. EU, well, it wasn't the, the bundling EU, of Internet but, uh, Explorer. There was an antitrust case against Microsoft for including Internet Explorer with Windows ninety eight, I think, and it, which basically doomed Netscape, and they did a whole bunch of bad shit to uh, corner Netscape and uh, push them out of the market. And now the EU is basically claiming that Google's practices with Androids are about as shady, maybe in a different way. But they have three major qualms with it, so I'll just go over them real quick because they're like quite specific. So there's this the three major things are first that they require manufacturers to install Google Search and Google Chrome and then set Google Search as the default search on Android devices to get Google apps. Okay. They also uh prevent manufacturers from selling smartphones running on competing operating systems based on the Android open source code, supposedly. <laughs> we'll come to that. And they also give financial incentives to manufacturers and mobile operators on the condition that they exclusively install Google Search. It's, I mean, it's a pretty bold claim, and that's a shitload of phones. But these EU antitrust things are so bogus, and they take so long. It's crazy. Like, this is going to take 10 years. <laughs> well, maybe not 10, but five. I find it, yeah, it's super, like... The whole idea of compelling people to change their business model generally is like a super weird thing to me. Um, Like I get, I get preventing like anti-competitive, like bad actors in in like people who from people who own monopolies and stuff like that, and that like we need a free market and that competition is like you know is good and all those things. But at the end of the day, like. The only, the thing that I like, bun, yes, bundling Internet Explorer and like, or yeah, and the way that Microsoft did it was like pretty yeah. shady. But I've never considered Google to. It doesn't feel like the same shady. Like, 
Well, like, this is, I, I kind of take issue with them taking issue with this uh, because Google with Android doesn't explicitly make money. Like, the three things that they list are the only way they can make money on Android because Android is open source. Fundamentally, yeah. people, like, manufacturers do not actually have to use the Google apps. You, sure, it means you have to ship an Android phone with your own email app, but that's not Google's problem. Google licenses a specific set of, you know, Gmail, Chrome, whatever, and they they make them pay to get those things. I think that's a reasonable way to do it. And giving financial incentives to ex- exclusively pre-install Google search, I mean, shit, have you seen the Chrome browser? Have you seen Firefox? Like, uh, Firefox's whole business model is Yahoo is the default. If the phone comes, the phone should have a browser on it, and... I get the the kind of nature of like maybe what they should do is say, okay, if the phone arrives, do you want like when you're configuring it and turning it on, do you want to pick Chrome? Do you want to pick uh, sure. you know Internet Explorer or whatever? Um, yeah, I assume that's what they're going for in this. That's what they got in the '90s as well. Uh, you know, that's that's what they were going for this whole time. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting case. I think that it's going to be very long and drawn out. I have I have friends involved with it and they're just like, oh God. <laughs> I think in the end of it, and the crazy thing is it's like, okay, so if we don't install Google, what will you install? <laughs> so it's not like there's another set of apps that people necessarily want to use as the default on Android. And like part of the argument is kind of bogus uh, as well because the second one says that they Google supposedly prevents manufacturers selling f- smartphones with Android open source code. That's not true. Like it ex- explicitly is not true. The Amazon Fire Phone exists. It's based on Android open source code. The Cyanogen phones exist, like the OnePlus One, uh, the Xiaomi phones. All of those things exist. So I, I, the whole thing just seems kind of bogus to me. I'm I'm not. I'm not impressed. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to be long, painful, and expensive. And I think we'll get to the end of it. And whatever they dish out will be a watered down version of what they wanted to yeah. get. So it's just it's just proper shit. Yeah. Uh, and I think that Google's strategy with Android makes sense because there's an iPhone over there that they have to keep paying for access to the search engine for. So it's like, it's beyond me. I don't know. I'm sure we'll talk about this many more times, but I, at this point in the case, I think it's ridiculous. I don't use I don't use an Android device, so I don't really. I've never. Yeah. I don't know. I think if you if you're not in the Google Android ecosystem, you probably just like don't pay particularly huge amounts of attention to it. Yeah. yeah what phone yeah, do you sure. use? And it's, I have a I have an iPhone. Okay. I um I actually I'm. I'm not going to talk about my phone preferences for too long, but I will say that I have grown annoyed with the way that Apple does things, like the way that things work on Android. Maybe we should talk about this one week, actually, is just like phones. Sure. Um, but the way that the iPhone works is just so, such a like in and out of apps thing still, and it just, I don't know, I'm really hopeful at uh, WWDC this year, which was announced this week, by the way. It's in mid-June uh, where they'll announce iOS 10. I really hope that they announce some really sweeping fundamental changes because it feels like what we've seen over the last years have been mostly inconsequential yeah ios 8 boring yeah. ios 9 yeah. boring uh the last os 10 releases boring. 
boring as yep. hell. Uh, I just don't know. Like Apple's software strategy seems to be like, uh, uh, it works. <laughs> so I don't know. I I use an iPhone, but begrudgingly, mostly because I really like the Apple Watch still. So yeah, that's why I'm still there. You know the Apple the Apple also, Watch is lazy. such a strange thing. Like I love it and hate it. Anyway, we should oh, yeah. we should talk up. We should have an episode where we talk about our devices. The hardware edition. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. Now, uh, there was another, while we're talking about Apple, let's just go straight into it. There was a report this week that um, Apple was having trouble internally. They're trying to, we've talked this about this a couple of times, actually, I think. They recently moved to, uh, was it Google Cloud or AWS? It was one of the two. I think they said that they were they diversifying moved- some of their infrastructure before. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, so that was the report a few weeks ago, and now a report came out this week that Apple has been trying to build its own cloud internally, but it's been struggling with political infighting that constantly is delaying it, and they're just spending millions and millions and millions of dollars to build this project, and it's still not it's still not happening, which is really interesting because the other giants in this game, I mean, even Facebook, uh, Google, uh, Microsoft, I forgot their name for a second there, they're all building not only their own hardware and servers and data centers, you know, it's like light years ahead of what Apple is doing. I mean, we don't know what Apple has right now, but the fact that they still don't have their own cloud services like iCloud is deeply reliant on Azure and uh, Amazon Web Services, that they don't host all that stuff themselves is crazy. Like, well, is it? It's crazy. I don't know. I get it. I get I it. I wouldn't. But I thought they would have a thing right now. No. Like a quarter of it or a third of it. I, I, I would not. Like, I mean, says the guy that, you know, worked on building a cloud for the last <laughs> three years. I would not I would not build a cloud. But uh, Interesting. Well, no. I mean, go, look, if cloud is not your core competency or you're not going it's to go out. No, and it's not. And you're not going to go out and you're not going out to the market with a cloud offering that is to say that you want to run the software services uh uh abstractly like somewhere else Mm -hmm. um then basically frankly you're frankly like (sighs) you're i don't like i don't like the word but like you're a moron like you're so you should not do that like Oh, Frank, like, again, uh, I don't know. OpenStack is junk. It, and I, like, I'm sorry. I've said yeah. it. I don't think I've ever, I mean, I'm not sure how I've publicly I've said it before, but it's so bad. <laughs> and look, and we, we, like, we had, you know, we were not servicing an ounce of what Apple's going to need to service at DigitalOcean. Not an right. ounce of it. Yeah. And we were running tens of thousands of physical machines across many regions, many countries, the, the, the technical depth required to properly run a cloud is, is insane. And so, and the scale of your teams is just immense. Yeah. Like just, just, just maintaining the distros that run on the servers themselves alone Mm -hmm. is a job. Like making sure that yeah. all like that making sure that the the Ubuntu is the correct version and like patched and up like all of these things are yeah it's it's and it's over tens of thousands of machines across like continents right and so I I 
if I was Apple, there's no way I would, if I was Apple, I wouldn't, unless I was planning on basically building a cloud to compete with, um, AWS or Azure mm-hmm. or, uh, GCP or DigitalOcean or any of those cloud providers. If I'm or like a pass style thing for well, apps, maybe? I, I don't, maybe. I don't know, but, and that is irrelevant. I think the, their, like their thing is they were trying to build an internal cloud to run. I like, you know, all of the places that our images are stored when they go up to the iCloud, they call it and everything. They were trying to, it seems like, build their own service, like stack layer, their own cloud abstracted compute layer for that stuff. And like, frankly, other than, no, actually, I don't know. I've spent hours doing cost benefit analysis of cloud like hours i was the vp of strategy that's all we did was think about all of this kind of stuff and it's like i don't care how big or what scale you get to if you're apple or if you're general electric or if you're cvs pharmacies or if you're toyota or ford motor company i don't care what scale you're at if if web services are not your core competency, you should not build them yourself because you're going to have a bad yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> and like this is engineering that has to be maintained. It has to be built on over time. It has to be like you're constantly going to be dealing with your legacy systems, and these are not thing. These are not problems that you'll ever have to deal with if you're building on top of the abstractions. And you know what, AWS, you know. I tipped my hat to them before and I will tip my hat to them again. It is a fantastic product. And if I was Apple, I would just be going all in on AWS full force, like just straight to AWS. And like, I guess when they're at the scale they're at though, it's so tempting to build their own shit, right? Apple is just like, we have, we have money, but it doesn't, it's it's like (laughs) all of that, all of that, um, all of that resource could be used to fix all of the other things, you know, like they could be used to make an amazing experience or like innovate on go between of clouds. Like they're, even if they do go, if they were to go like, no one's going to go all in on GC on uh, AWS, right? Like no, no one in their right mind will go all in on one cloud. You'll have some AWS, some GCP, some Rackspace, some DO. Yeah, exactly. And so if they're smart, they'll be working on like, what's our global content delivery network? So yeah, how do you feel about what Facebook is doing? You know, they, they build their own hardware, the containerizer, it's a lot cheaper. Is that still a shit offering compared to buying somebody else's magic boxes in the cloud? What do you think of that? I would say that if um, if you're like a Facebook, you're at a slightly different scale than a lot of other software companies. And so I think that there are some instances, I guess, where like maybe it, you know, they're going to want to have some of their, you know, they're, they're the only ones I can really think of where I go, okay, they may want some private cloud. And if they are going to have some private cloud, then they may want to do that by, you know, building their own and designing their own chipsets. I think personally that that is still a stop gap solution. And that at the end of the day, everything that they've invested in that, if, because if, if you think about it, if you're giving all of that money to Amazon, 
how much more innovation are they going to be able to find by increasing their capacity and ability to engineer further, right? Where if Google or sorry, if Facebook spends, you know, let's just say 900, 900 million to a billion dollars over a few years on, you know, figuring out what their own chipsets and their own hardware and their own boxes and their own software and everything looks like and optimize it and, ha- and then pay all the people to run all of that and all of the OPEX and everything that's right and pay everyone, you know, then what would Amazon have been able to do with that money? And I think that generally we see Amazon to be a company that does reinvest heavily back into itself. It does, mm. um, it does take its its revenue and, and reinvest it back into the company and really push forward. And I think that's you know one of the things that I admire about Jeff Bezos. And I mm-hmm. think you know everyone listening is always going to think I'm such a Bezos fanboy. But <laughs> at the Bezos. end of the day, like yeah, but he <laughs> he does try things, right? Yep. He does try and innovate. He is, and so I I don't know. I think. Mm. At the end of the day, if you care more about your business and your core competency and understanding your customers and what value you're adding to the world, um, and less about the, you know, the technicalities of how that value is is being run, um, you're in a a much better long-term position. Um, And I think, you know, I've said to all of my cloud friends for a long time, and I think a lot of them agree that... Generally, like hybrid hybrid cloud is relatively long term, but still stopgap, mm. and that um, and that private cloud it just doesn't really particularly make any sense over a long period of time. Um, and I, you know, people will point to heavily regulated industries like healthcare and finance and stuff like that, but I promise you that anything that you can do in a physical data center, Amazon or Microsoft or Google will figure out how to do using right. software and well, it'll, focused it'll on be that, yeah. better and faster and easier and you'll be future proofed. I don't know. It you know, like I hope there are no more cloud naysayers left in the world because there's <laughs> no point. There's like no point in that, but Surely there's I think not. the only thing you, Surely. the only thing, yeah, no, I don't think there can be. Um, so on a happier note, we do have one last topic. So did you see that medium raised a lot of money this week? I think it was a series C. It was pretty huge. I did. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was around 50, 50 million. million. Um, and their last round was a $50 million round as well, I think. So, so that must put them at, that's big though. Oh, well that puts them at over a hundred million dollars in funding, I guess. 100 something million, right? Yeah, that seems like a relatively fair valuation for that company. I mean, if you think about the, you think about it as a technology, on medium. it's pretty good. Well, and as just as a technology, it's actually quite nice. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's a good, it's a good platform for writing on. It's a good platform it, it for collaborating. It WordPress to shame, I think. Yeah, it does. I think when, when Medium launched, WordPress was just like shit. And I don't know if they've even now realized how much of a threat medium is to them long term because they're like oh yeah we're an open source project anyone can make a blog but medium wants to assume uh blogging like facebook did to everybody else so it's really interesting to me i think it's awesome i love medium i really love what they're doing uh i've put all my stuff on there because it's just a lot easier 
if, but it's 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 pretty cool to keep, see them keep growing. I guess I I think eventually they're going to run into the same problems that every publication ever has run into. It's like, oh uh, well, ads o'clock, but it'll be cool to nah, see how they do. Wrong that. way to do it. See, if Medium is smart, they because their technology and their plat like if they're smart, they will get every single news outlet to abandon their news property and have their um, and have their writers write on top of the medium platform be it via white label or via the actual community itself it's already happening but you know if I, Kanye and Nas should just like stop stop trying to do whatever they're doing yeah full on stop and just say we're going or just spin up some medium publications right like just go full in on go medium in. go full in on medium and then over so, time, we'll, all the news will be on Medium, and then we'll pay for a subscription to Medium, and then I'll be yep. able to list, read um, Economist, and I'll be able to read uh, Times, and I'll be able to read the BBC, and all of yep. you know, like all the journalists I like will be on one platform, and it's a great experience, and their recommendation engine's really good. Yeah, no, I mean, come on, let's just 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 let's yeah. just pick Medium. Let's go, folks. Yeah, I, I I really like it. I mean, it kind of sucks as a closed platform, but it's totally rejuvenated the blog network that I remember from the old old days of the internet. Everybody's talking and sharing and highlighting. Like, it is really, really cool. Uh, and I'd love to just pay and just get access to everything. I've mentioned Blendle before, and I can imagine Medium going in that direction. Probably better the than Blendle. I think, actually moved their whole publication there last week femspine a couple of other smaller blogs are all in on medium they're closing down their actual website so i think it's it's happening and you can pay you can pay a subscription like five bucks a month and you get access to all their shit i think that's really cool i i really like medium i think um, i don't write anywhere else ben horowitz joined their board which is great he's he's a nice obviously a rel- really smart guy so that's good and then also um Morgan, um, yeah, yeah, Beller, Andres and Horowitz, uh, joined the company. So, yeah, that's cool as well. Crazy, pretty cool. Well, we have a very special guest uh, we need to talk to next. Can you tell us about uh, the guest segment that we haven't done? We do. Often? So this week we have our special guest available to us, calling in live from San Francisco, um, Justin Johnson otherwise known as at Elof on the internet everywhere, including the Twitters. And uh, Justin is the VP of, uh, I might mess your title up, JJ, but it's the VP of developer outreach or advocacy. Advocacy. Yes. VP of advocacy at Keen.io, which is a analytics um, platform, if I'm not mistaken. You're correct, sir. Happy to be cool. here. Thanks for having me. Welcome to the show. So as you know, the segment is five minutes or so of something that you learned uh, this week. So we would, if without further ado, we would love to hear about what you learned about this week. Well, I'm excited to learn about this thing, but uh, it's kind of unfortunate why I, I uh, decided to learn about it. Um, I am learning about home security this week. Uh, because my place got broken into, um, yeah, really, uh, was it, was it bad? Well, I mean, 
you know, bad, sure. I guess there's different orders of magnitude and bad, right? Um, it was good in the, True. from the sense that, you know, I wasn't there and my, uh, my wife wasn't there. Uh, but so our place is getting, our place is getting renovated right now. Um, and we're not, we're not living in it while it's getting renovated. And so there's a construction crew that's, you know, going in and out and a lot of tools there. Uh, mm. it's a really, really common thing, at least in the Bay area. I'm not sure about other, you know, areas of the, of the States of the world, but, uh, for people just to break into houses that are getting remodeled and steal all of the tools. Um, sounds very annoying. Yeah. It's super annoying. Um, yeah. So they took, they took tools. They took like, I was borrowing my, my dad's tools. They took all my tools. They took uh, my contractor's tools and then they took some other stuff wow. that was like some electronics and stuff that wasn't, that were still in the house. Uh, Kind of and this prompted your investigation into home security. Yes. I, I decided, you know what? I need to get a security system. And you've got a baby on the way. I got a baby on the way in June. Yeah. A little, a uh, little girl. We're going to name her Ella. 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 So what'd uh, you learn? So I learned a couple things. One, you know, there's, there's always that, that giant company in every industry that kind of, air quotes owns the market, but everyone just hates them. Like you, oh, you gotta man. love to hate them, you know, Those old school alarms. Yeah. The old school alarm companies, uh, ADT is the, is the big one in our area. You see a lot of ADT signs. They're around. still around. Yeah. They're still, not only are they still around, they're still big. Like, mm. I, you know, it's one of those things like, like I just didn't pay attention to signs in yards because I, I, I never had thought about, think about home security before. But now that I have, like I see ADT everywhere. Um, but you know, they, they have like, you know, it's like no money down, no hassle installation, blah, 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 blah. But the, the fine print is that you have to sign up like a three year long, uh, program or whatever, and then pay their monthly fee oh, wow. and the monthly fee is, you know, over a hundred dollars. Uh, so it's a subscription then, business just to check the thing. It's a subscription business. It is. Yeah. And they have, they have all these like shady wow. things where I, I, I was reading blogs where they'll just like automatically renew and then not give you, um, notice. Oh man. Uh, also like they won't tell you that if you cancel your three year plan then they're going to charge you like for the hardware and for the rest of the service that you signed up for. So it's like, Oh, thanks for canceling. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's right? brutal. But the, and then there's like a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there. Um, you know, like the, the simple thing, which I already did was I installed a couple like, uh, IOT devices that are connected to the internet that give me notifications on my phone. So I don't even need to have like a full on security system. It's just like a motion sensor and a video camera. Um, it's pretty cool. I, I, what'd I you go with for that? Yeah. I installed a light on my front door, um, from this company called Kuna, K-U-N-A. Uh, it's, it's programmable. It's got an app and it tells me when someone uh, is at the door and I can talk to them. Pretty neat. Um, and then I got this other little, little thing called a canary and there's a variety of these, but the canary is just like, Oh yeah. I really like those, those guys. They're a New York based company. Yay. They were based out of digital ocean's old office. The That's only awesome. thing that I ever cat on, uh, catch on that thing is my cat. <laughs> uh, like he's just always setting the thing off, but it's super, super nice. Yeah. It's, it's, 
really nice. And I like that it also kind of tells you like, you know, like the temperature and humidity and just kind of like the, the, the ebb and flow yeah, of your thanks. house. I'm yeah. told that the uh, the alarm noise on it is horrific. So I've had it for probably uh, eight months and I still haven't, uh, you know, been brave enough to set it off just to hear it. <laughs> so I have no idea what the actual alarm sounds like. It's is that your long-term solution, JJ? No, that was just my like, what can I get today and install it immediately? I also installed, installed some sensor um, floodlights around the house. Mm-hmm. So these, these are just like deterrents, right? Like... If I even if I catch someone on video, they're going to be able to grab my shit. Um, yeah. And I, I was looking for something that had more monitoring and more sensors, and ideally it could link up to other home automation stuff. But I'm getting like a Nest um, and a couple other things, and I didn't find like the thing. I didn't find the one, you know, device or set of devices that I want. Uh, but I did find a company that's pretty awesome. They're kind of like halfway in between the full DIY uh, option and then the the full on like ADT thing. They're called LiveWatch. So you order the hardware from them and they give it to you at a discount if you sign up for a full year of service. Um, and you can cancel at any time and not have a penalty, but you have to give like 30 days notice. And oh, uh, with that service, you get 24-7 monitoring that will call you, that you get a cell phone backup. It's battery powered. So if someone like cuts the power, you can still you know use it. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about, about it. There's a couple others. I, I was trying to pick between LiveWatch and um, Simply Safe. And uh, what really pushed me over was the Wire Cutters article that kind of culminated all the research that I was doing me what i should buy i always use the, the guides man it's crazy like every time i'm googling yeah, yeah. the most arbitrary things it's like here's the best printer i'm like yep this will do <laughs> it works wonders <laughs> research done yeah yeah totally they're great ah, awesome it'll be interesting to uh we'll have to have you back on later to see how like episode uh 20 or something to see how it goes i'm curious to hear like how that internet stuff works because you know there's mixed feelings about those kind of things like my canary's been solid but i have one of those iot thermostats and man it drives me bananas so <laughs> i'm gonna be asking yeah, you again yeah i have a i'm gonna be experimenting a lot with with different sensors and devices and apis trying to figure out how to get this stuff to work well together i, I mean I've, I've messed with it before and you're right like it's often really kind of fun and exciting in concept, but then when you get it in form, it's just an annoying product that doesn't work. So, so I'm excited to see what we can, uh, what I can do with it. Well, maybe you're going to end up being a regular uh, guest on the, on the podcast. We'll call you Justin Johnson, the home security guy, the IOT security guy. <laughs> IOT security. Hey, I will take that title. It, it seems like, you know, that's a very trending title right now. I like it. 
I actually, uh, on this topic, one more thing. I was uh, just invited to try an app today called Thington. I don't know if you guys saw the launch of that. It actually looks really cool. It's kind of like a, um, I guess, a platform that ties together all your home home uh, smart devices. And it, it kind of puts them in like a nice messaging flow. So it's just like, oh, your Nest will say, oh, it's really hot in here. Do you want to turn it down? And then like maybe the Canary will also say in there like, oh, it's uh, something set off. It's actually really nice. So uh it's kind of like you can sign up and it's one of those stupid wait lists at the moment, but maybe that's something to look into as well. Um, I'll have to check that out. It's it drives me crazy that they're not connected to each other. Like, uh, <laughs> I really wish my thermostat would know, uh, you know, based on my canary maybe, if the house needs to be warm. I mean, it, it knows because of my location, but there's a lot that they could do to connect, wire the two kind of things up in the future, and everybody's kind of fighting over it. So I'm definitely, I'm definitely curious to hear. <laughs> I was going to say one last thing. I think that everyone's fighting, fighting for kind of like the ownership of the data that these things are creating. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's uh, it's a really interesting fight. I, I've been following it for a while. It's it's kind of it's kind of getting ugly at the moment. I would say, like, um, I've never seen a fight that has had such like a it's, vague it's answer. In still. your house. I mean, you own it, but how do you? How are you going to use it or, or, or access it, right? Hmm. Um, oh, this is where we're entering some fascinating time. Entering some fascinating times, aren't we? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Look, yeah. Here's the thing. I will say one thing. I do want to bet on HomeKit devices, not because it's Apple, but I like their whole thing. They you have to have a special security thing, and HomeKit apparently has a thing in the spec. I don't know if it's on their website or not, but uh, that says the device has to work on local Wi-Fi. Uh, without an internet connection which a lot of them don't do so i'm kind of like every time i'm buying something now i'm like is this a home kit thing because it'll actually work <laughs> so that's my bet awesome well thanks for your time jj for sure thanks for having me guys much appreciated and uh we now feel enlightened on the subject of home security glad i could help <laughs> I love it. Thanks again. All right. Y'all have a great one. Uh, if you have any feedback, questions, anything you want, please send us an email. I am going to put the domain name that everybody cannot type in the podcast notes so that it's easier to find this week. We appreciate you listening. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Charge Tech or at Jedger or at OW or all of the above. We would just love to talk to you. If you have questions, please send them in or anything. So thanks for hanging out this yeah, week, John. I actually, thanks Owen. I'll just throw this in at the end. Yes. I got a really cool, uh, sorry. No, no. LinkedIn. I got a LinkedIn message from someone. Oh, Cameron. So thank you for reaching out to me, Cameron. I did read your LinkedIn um, message and I do very much agree uh, with your observations on Sonos. So oh, thank you for nice. Yes. Uh, that yes. was a good episode. So, I remember was a one. ranting about my internet speakers. We should we should just do an, oh. a rant episode. My shit. All right, internet I'm shit. down for that. <laughs> we should have. We're, we haven't even established the main show yet, but once we've established yep. the main show, let's have a spin-off show. Yeah, yeah. Columns. Oh man, we could we could go off on whole uh, segues. Let's do it. John anyway. and Owen, be super weird. Okay. <laughs> anyway, good talking to you. Yes, you too.